listening to the Creating a Brand podcast, where we deliver weekly masterclass interviews on topics to help you make your first or next step in business the right one. I'm your host, Alex Sanfilippo. How do you measure success for your life and business? Many of us, myself included, get fixated on what other people tell us are the proper metrics for success, but I've learned that this is often misleading. In today's episode, I'm talking with a mentor of mine, Tom Rossi. Tom is the co-founder of Buzzsprout, a podcast hosting provider, which, fun fact, is where I actually host the Creating a Brand podcast. The idea for this episode came from a conversation I was having with Tom, where he was providing guidance for me in my business venture. Because it was such a valuable conversation we were having, we decided to record it so we could share it with you. For links to resources that will be mentioned during this episode, please visit creatingabrand.com slash 092. And now, here is my insightful conversation with Tom Rossi. Tom, welcome to the Creating a Brand podcast. Thanks for having me, Alex. Absolutely. Hey, no pressure on me today, but Tom told me right before we started recording that if it doesn't go well, he's going to delete my podcast from the internet. <laughs> no, no. And if it goes well, I can go jack up your stats. Right, there we go. Well, first Make I want to say- the most popular episode ever. I love it. That sounds great. Uh, let's keep it fair, though. Um, <laughs> first off, I want to say thank you for what you do in the podcasting world. My podcast, Creating a Brand, and my other podcast, Good Christian Podcast, are both hosted on Buzzsprout. You guys do some phenomenal work. So thank you for what you do there. Thanks. Thanks. appreciate the opportunity to serve you with your podcast. For sure. And I've actually written a review about Buzzsprout. It's on Creating a Brand's blog. I'll link to that in the show notes for anyone who's interested in getting into podcasting or maybe just wants to see what Buzzsprout's all about. I did a pretty good write-up on it, I like to think. So... Before we get too far ahead of ourselves here, I want to mention to the listeners that this interview will be a little bit different than some that we've done previously, and there's a reason for that. As I've been growing and creating a brand and Podmatch as well, I've always been one to seek counsel, and that's really important. There's actually a scripture that says, without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. And I've always really taken that to heart, and because of that, I reached out to you because as a SaaS founder in the podcasting space, a new one, I looked at you as someone who's really experienced in, as a SaaS founder in the podcasting space. So that made me want to reach out to you. And as we started talking, I realized that there was a big benefit here, not just for me, but also for the Creating a Brand listeners who maybe are just starting a business or a side hustle and would want some coaching as well. And I just think that this would be a great opportunity because it's very, it, it works in a lot of different industries and in a lot of different places. So that's the reason I wanted to bring you on here. So this is kind of like a, a live coaching session, if you will, Tom. So I appreciate you coming on to hey, talk about that. Great. Right? Well, yeah, thanks. I'm humbled. <laughs> the first thing I want to do, because we're really going to talk about measuring success, because you have a little bit of a different perspective on this. And I think the, the best place to start with this type of topic would be for you just to share your definition of success with us. Ah, it's a, I think it's, it's hard. It's a hard definition to provide, right? I think it's easy for, it's easier for me to say what success is not, uh, because it's so subjective from my perspective. When I look at, uh, what success looks like, I want to know that I've, uh, made a positive impact in people's lives. And when I sit down with my kids, this is something my partners and I, we've talked about uh, where we said, okay, when we sit down with our kids, they're, they're not going to remember any of the details of the things that we're doing right now. And so let's see, we sit down with them when they're adults and, and they ask the question, what was it you were doing? What was it you were doing back there when I was whatever, five years old and you were going and running off to, to do this thing and wanting to be able to answer that question in a way that communicates value. What, like I value you so much. Um, 
that it wasn't just for money. It wasn't just for status that I was leaving you to go to the office every day. It was for something much greater. And I was having a positive impact, whether it was impacting people who have a message that they're passionate about, that they want to get out to the world. And Buzzsprout provided them a simple mechanism for them to be able to do that for people that might never have been able to do that. We provided them with this tool that was able to do that. Or from the perspective of the team of how do, how do you measure success? Uh, I, I look at my team and I say, I, we had a positive impact on people who came from other careers that they weren't happy in. And we helped them find a path for themselves that, that led them into enjoyment where every day they could say, these are the things that I want to do. Uh, Tom and the leadership team helped me find what I'm good at, what I'm talented at. They, they mined those attributes out of me so that I could bring them to uh to bear with the team and i think those are those are so it's it's big and and uh it's it's not a nice one or two sentences but in my mind all of those things are what get me motivated about success that's what it looks like for me and it's not it's not as easy it's not something that one day you wake up and go oh i've done it <laughs> i've reached right. that point yeah. So with that said, you kind of mentioned things that are personal and professional. Do you look at professional and personal success as two separate entities or do you look at it more of maybe two sides of the same coin? Yeah, I think they are more related than we like to say, um, right? The, at the end of the day, you are, if, if somebody, for instance, let's say somebody comes and works for our company, they're basically going to give you a massive portion of their life is going to be spent hours working in your organization. And so to think that 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 doesn't play a part in whatever their personal goals are or whatever, however they are individually um, wired, it, it would be wrong. And so it's funny, uh, I'll give you a, a perfect example. When we interview people, a question that I love to ask them is, tell me about your perfect day. What does your perfect day look like? Your perfect work day, right? So what does it look like? What are you, what are you doing? And people have such a hard time answering that question because they're trying to answer, well, this is what I used to do in my old job, or I'm looking for a job that does this. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, forget all that. Imagine you get to, to craft, what does your perfect day look like? I can tell you for me, there's a large, there's at least four hours of me sitting in front of my computer with code and I've got a cup of coffee and I've got headphones on and I'm listening to music like that to me, uninterrupted, deep focused time, man, I, I really enjoy that. And so helping people kind of mine out, what is that? What is it that gives you life? And how, how does that align well with what we're trying to do as, as a company We're we're not a family, we're a team. And together we're trying to accomplish something. And so how how does your personal, uh, that personal aspect of it line up with what we're trying to accomplish as a team? And so I think that's kind of how they they interrupt there. That's interesting. I, I hear most people just completely disconnect the two, including a company that we all really admire. It, it would be Amazon. The way that they view success is by putting in the hours. And it's not out of the norm for those employees that work there, especially upper management to put in 60 to 80 hours a week. That's what they expect. That's the expectation because in order to succeed, that's what it takes in their mind and they disconnect completely their personal lives and success in that field. So it's interesting to hear a completely different perspective than, um, than we're used to hearing right now. Obviously, Amazon's always in the news and things like that and you kind of hear about their culture and all, but it's, it's very fascinating to hear you share that. I've also heard you talk about how you can't measure success based on dollars 
and you can't measure your happiness based on dollars. Can you talk about that a little bit? These are things that success are not to you. Do you mind just sharing a little bit about <laughs> yeah. that before we move on? Yeah, I think, uh, I think we all will intellectually say that, that we know, oh yeah, yeah, money doesn't lead to, to happiness. Uh, but then we operate in such a way that you would think that's what we believe. So we say, yeah, I understand that. But then we go and we spend 60, 80 hours working uh, towards some type of goal that is fundamentally wrapped up based on dollars. And I think uh, when, especially when I talk to entrepreneurs, so we've been, we've been building web products since uh, the mid nineties. And so we've seen it all and people will have ideas and that, you know, they want to, to go and build something. Um, and they think that, they think that they have to put in 60, 80 hours and they have to, to, if they don't make a million dollars, then it was a worth worthless endeavor and getting them to the place of, wait a minute, do you make a million dollars now? Is that, is that your salary now that you need to replace? You're making a million dollars. Well, no. Well, so then why do you put that expectation on yourself? How about you just say, I want to be able to have a business that provides me with the lifestyle that I like, and I get to go do the things that I like to do. And that, and, and, that's just foreign, I think, for a lot of people. They don't. They think more about the dollar figures. And granted, we all have a certain dollar amount that we have to be able to to cover our expenses. Um, but even those expenses, I mean, I talk to to people all the time where they they put all this weight on themselves. Every kid has to have their own bedroom. Every kid has to have a car when they're sixteen. Um, all all these things. And and meanwhile, the years just fly by. And next thing you know, you you turn around and your kids are going off to college. And you've been working the whole time in a, in, in you've believed that you were doing it for them. Um, but they're gone. And now you're, you're kind of like, Oh, I can't, I can't go back. I can't get that back. So I don't want that kind of regret. And I think I've always been cognizant of that. And I'm always, I mean, I'll say it out loud to remind myself, like, this is what's important. So. That's a good point. I've actually heard a lot of people share a similar perspective, but not usually till their kids are grown and gone. To my knowledge, your kids are still at home, right? Yeah. My oldest, my oldest uh, is a junior in high school. And so I am literally getting down to the wire. I can count the number of weeks that we've got until he's gone. And I'm making decisions now to make sure that I'm maximizing my time with him because I, I'm, you're not going to get that back. That time it's not just, I'm not going to have an opportunity like that again. And so it's very real for me right now. Yeah. And, and again, I've heard people share this, but it's usually people that have already been through that season. It's more of a look back and regret type of thing. It's 20 years after their kids have left. I hear that actually quite often when I talk with people. That's the thing they'd go back and change. And it's just great that you found this out early and are sharing this with us today. And I want to kind of shift this to business now because this is counterculture, what you're sharing here. This is not necessarily traditional business. It's uh, unconventional to say the least when it comes to, to different people, the way they look at a, a business and success and things like that. How has this perspective or even conviction really reflected itself into Buzzsprout's KPIs, the key performance indicators that you guys have? Uh, we, <laughs> it's funny, we don't have KPIs. I mean, we have numbers that we track, but we don't, we don't live off of those numbers. We don't measure our success on those numbers. Uh, we talk about, are we happy? Are we doing the things that we enjoy? What are the things that motivate us? How much of my day Am I spending doing those things that give me life versus those things that take my life? And this isn't just for me. This isn't just for people like my partners. This is for everybody in the company because if you can maximize those things for everyone on the team, then 
then you're going to have a really high performing team. They're, they really are going to enjoy the work that they're doing. They're going to enjoy the company. They're going to have, again, I'm going to be able to tell my kids later in life, I'm going to say, man, I had an opportunity to work with an incredible team. I helped them find their potential, realize their potential and bring it all to bear uh, in the products that we built. And that to me is, uh, it's great. It's great business. It's also great life. <laughs> What's funny is you hear people. I remember when I first started the company uh, years ago, uh, I, I tried to surround myself, like you said, same scripture. I want to surround myself with people that had done it before. And I had people in my life that would say things that were just, man, it just didn't make sense to me. They would say things like, well, you, you can't care about people like that. You know, they're your employees. You can't care about them like that because, you know, one day you have to fire them. I'm like, yeah, but I should care about them. I should care about them so much that I don't want to fire them. Not, I, I absolutely should protect the team. But when I fire somebody, that's another person's life who you've interrupted in a drastic way. That means that when you hire somebody, you should be really cognizant of the fact that I might have to fire this person if I do a bad job now in the hiring process. There's a, there's a chance that I'm gonna have to fire that person. You should, you should carry that weight with you. Uh, you shouldn't be able to just say, oh, it's just a job. We know it's not just a job. This person is committing a big portion of their life to come into your office and to work with you. And so I, I think it, it, it translates into all those, kind of, all those kind of decisions. But at the end of the day, it's good business because what happens is when you care about people, they know that you care about them. They care about you. They care about the product. They care about the team. And so then they perform better. It doesn't mean that you never fire anyone. It just means that it's it's part of the conversation. It's part of the dynamics. You talk about, hey, are we happy? Are we happy doing the things that we're doing? And there's a good chance that you might say, man, the fact that you're not happy, you might be in the wrong job. And I care enough about you to say, you need to go somewhere else. <laughs> now I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you transition. I care about you as an individual, but you're just not going to make it on this team. And it's just a different way of approaching the same set of circumstances. And one is more personally uh, challenging. It's more, it takes more of a toll on you personally, but at the same time, you get the benefits on the other side when things go really well. And I can say our team, I, I mean, especially like our Buzzsprout team, I, I don't think anybody, we don't lose people. Like we, we are vigilant in our hiring process that we only hire people after we've gone through a long process. And we, we hire people that are passionate about the things that we're hiring them to do, that they're good at it, that they're talented, that they get life out of it. And with that type of strategy, you just, you, you don't have to worry so much. You don't have that kind of turnover and things like that. Yeah, I'm going to circle back to your staff in a few minutes here. But first, I actually want to quickly mention something. When I was listening to different podcasts you have been on, because I like to do that during my research, right? I heard a number of SaaS podcasts that you're on, so Software as a Service podcast. And when you shared this, that you don't really run off the KPIs, you don't share your MRR, monthly reoccurring revenue, like you, you don't talk about these things and you say because they don't matter to the company. Some of these hosts would not take that for an answer, Tom. Like I heard them and no, they just kept no. on going again and again. I even wondered on two of them, like, why did they post this interview? They are just grilling this guy as to know yeah. that's the only thing that matters. And that's because, especially in the, in the SaaS space, as software as a service, like MRR is kind of the guiding principle from day one for most people. So they, they just couldn't understand that. So it's really interesting to hear your perspective. It's more about being being happy with the work that you're doing. Now, I'm wondering, that leads me to a question. And first off, I'm not going to ask any of those questions, Tom, just so you know. So <laughs> You're not going to ask me my MRR? <laughs> no, I'm not. Everyone else really does. Again, those interviews were, I was laughing as I was listening to them. Uh, anyway, I'm wondering how your perspective on this, the KPIs, not necessarily living and breathing off the MRR, 
How has this served you? And also, do you feel like it's hindered you at all? I think that it helps the team that we don't focus on that. Because if, if you start throwing around those numbers, then that becomes the focus. Whereas I don't want, I want the focus to be on, are we the simplest? Are we the best product? Are we delivering on our promise of whatever, the, whatever we've said that we're going to do with this feature? Are we delivering on that? Because that's the most important thing. I don't care how much money we're making. Um, now I care that we have enough oxygen to breathe, right? Mm -hmm. We need to have enough. We need to be able to cover our expenses. I want to be able to, to provide well for, I have a responsibility for my employees. I can't just walk in one day and say, Hey, by the way, we're not getting paid this month. So like there is, I mean, there's a certain reasonable amount, but once you've covered that at that point, I don't, it just, I don't want that to be part of the conversation. So how has it, has it helped? I think it helps because it focuses the conversation. Be people become more interested in the thing that's more important, which is the end result, not the money, the, the product, the features, the things that you're doing, the work that they're doing every day, um, rather than focusing on the dollars, which could come and go. Hey, Alex Sanfilippo here, and I want to take a quick moment to intentionally serve the world with you. Here's what I want you to do. Think of the one person you know who would most benefit from listening to this episode today. Now, I want you to send it to them, but also include an encouraging note explaining why you share this episode with them specifically. By doing this, you're helping me grow this podcast, and you're also adding value to the people you care about. With that said, thank you for your continued support. It means the world to me. And now, let's get back to today's episode. So I want to kind of play the other side of this thing. And again, we're not going to get into numbers or things like that. But for me, being really early in, in my SaaS startup, right? And for the listeners, maybe they're early in a side hustle or they're wanting to leave their job and do something. It kind of is driving initially, like the money that you're making, because you can't really make that transition without having that kind of be a guiding principle at first. I mean, that's a wrong way to say it. But I'm wondering what you'd say to somebody like me who's very early on and still really fighting to to, to make enough for it to be considered a full-time income, right? To really take care of my wife sure. and I. I left the nine to five job. It was a calculated risk. I sacrificed the good for the sake of the great. Really did things the way I should, but I'm not quite at the point where I'm able to pay myself from it yet. We're reinvesting every penny of it right now. Same with the business partner and his family. We're all reinvesting it. So I'm wondering, like, my mind usually goes to directly to MRR. And not because I don't care about the people using it or anything like that, but it's because, okay, can I do this long-term? Like, am I going to hit that dollar amount where I'm able to, to shift focus? What would you say to somebody in, in my shoes that's very early on or even somebody who hasn't started yet? It's just really kind of struggling with this idea that you're sharing with us. And that is a loaded question, by the way. Good luck. <laughs> well, I think, I think um, when we're talking about SaaS companies specifically, right? So that's, that's, um, that's specifically what I know best. And so it's this idea of I'm building a software as a service. And I'm going to deliver on a value proposition. I'm going to do one thing. I'm going to do it really, really well. I'm going to do it so well that people want to give me their credit card and they want to pay me monthly to be able to provide that service. So that's kind of what we talk about when we talk about SaaS. Now, if I look at MRR, I think it can, it's kind of like looking at download numbers for a podcast. It can be, it can take the wind out of your sales. You're like, oh man, I only went up by whatever, a couple hundred dollars a month this month. And it can take the wind out like, oh, man, that stinks. But really, does it stink? Because you're making $200 more than the month before, right? So you're starting to, to, to deliver uh, more value. Every, every month, that value proposition is resonating with people, and they're coming to you, and they're giving you credit cards. And I remember at one point, so we originally, years ago, we were a client services company. 
So people would pay us to build software for them. And then we launched our own product. And um, at one point, we launched a product and it wasn't making that much money. And I remember I was talking to my accountant and he was helping me with some stuff. And I was just kind of lamenting. I was like, man, I think I'm just going to shut it down. And he's like, why would you shut it down? It's making more money this month than it made last month. And I'm like, yeah, but it doesn't cover my mortgage. It doesn't pay these bills. And he's like, but you could chart it out. You could actually put it on a, on a spreadsheet and you can predict when it's going to cover that mortgage, when it's actually going to cover those expenses. And I'm so thankful he challenged me on it because I was like, yeah, you're right. And sure enough, that product continued to grow. And at some point, um, Kevin, um, we were talking about another product that we wanted to build. And Kevin was like, okay, this is how much I think I need to live on. And Kevin's, Kevin's like, if I cut back, this is, this is what I could live on. And so I literally, I charted it out and I said, okay, I think in seven months, we're going to get to a place where you can come on board and we can build that next product. And sure enough, we delivered on the value proposition. People continue to give us credit card numbers and boom, seven months later, Kevin can come on board and we launch our next product. So I think I would encourage anybody who's in the SaaS space to just stick with it. Um, is it important how much money you're making? Probably not. Is it important whether or not you're growing? That's probably a bigger issue. If you're not growing, then you're probably not delivering on whatever the value prop is that you came up with for your product. And so as long as you're able to deliver on that, it's just a matter of, of sticking with it and delivering on that promise. So what do you think about people that are just kind of feeling that pressure, right? They are trying to get it to grow as far as the amount of people using it, getting that even one or two more credit cards, right? Every month. I like the idea of charting it out. So you do an Excel spreadsheet and you can just kind of see, okay, current pace, 12 months from now, I'm good, right? Or I think that's a really cool idea. It does kind of keep you focused on it. But what do you say to the person who's struggling to do that, that just starts grinding it out? Like they're going to work 80 hours a week to make it happen. I mean, is that required in your mind at sometimes? Is that a real phase that you might be in or do you recommend something else? I think it's super dangerous. You have to be really aware of when you're doing that. There's definitely going to be times when it's crazy, um, where you're going to spend whatever, 60 hours, maybe 80 hours. You just have to be really aware that this can't be normal. Uh, your business, this is something that I, I find with a lot of people when they start their business, is that they love their business. They love their business. Guilty. And Yeah, they love it. Oh my gosh, it's like a child. And what they don't realize is your business does not love you back and it will take everything you give it. It will take everything and you will, you'll get to the end of it and you'll go, well, what did I, what did I get out of all that? <laughs> and if all it is is money, you will feel empty. And so if you look back and your business took your 80 hours every week for two years, and then you look at your kid who's graduating from high school, you're not going to get those two years back. And so I, all that to say, I feel like, there needs to be a balance. There are definitely going to be times when you're going to hunker down and you're going to put in the time, but you're going to be cognizant of it. You're going to, you're going to speak it out. You're going to say, man, this is not the norm. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this for two weeks, but then I'm going to take a step back. For me, I, it was helpful. My wife is not involved in the business. And so she kind of had a veto. We talked about a veto. She had a veto card. Like she could always play a veto of no, you're not going to do that trip or no, you're not going to work uh, that Saturday or something like that. So if something came up, she could veto it. Um, but thankfully, you know, we got to a place where we didn't, we didn't really have a lot of those demands. It didn't come down to hours. It came down to patience and it came down to, can I cut back my expenses um, and simplify my lifestyle enough so that I could live on what was coming in and then watch it grow instead 
uh, instead of, you know, have putting all this pressure on the business that it has to deliver, I have to make $150,000 in the first year or I'm not going to be happy. Um, hunkering down as much as I can. So that way I could, I could make that easy. So with that said, you're talking about making that $150,000 in the first year. A lot of us, we look at the outliers. So we look at Silicon Valley companies, these startups that make a million dollars in their first year, right? An example that's in current time. I don't mean to, we want this to be evergreen, obviously, but Clubhouse right now just had a huge evaluation coming through. And a lot of us, we look at that and that's what we compare ourselves to. How have you been able to keep yourself grounded on these metrics that you live by? And again, just kind of going through them, you talk about the happiness of yourself and your work and the happiness of your team, the simplest, best product, and then delivering it on time. Like those are things that you really talk about. But again, that is not the norm that we hear. How do you keep yourself grounded in this versus falling into what the world says you should be going after? Um, I think there's... Part of it is I'm old. <laughs> I'm, old I'm old enough to remember. I won't let that be your response. <laughs> well, I'm old enough to remember the dot com in, in 2000. I'm old enough to remember all of the all of the the fly by night things that happened, all of the things that promised these great values and, and didn't happen. And we've always done business the old fashioned way where we provide value. People pay us for the value that we provide. And Clubhouse is a great example. Like, how do you attach a value to that? How are you going to monetize it? I don't know. But I do know that if I if I host your podcast and I provide you with coaching and I provide you with tools and I provide you with excellent, remarkable support, I know that that's worth value, that you will give me dollars uh, for that. And that's what I'm going to focus on um, rather than I'm going to buy a thousand lottery tickets and hope that one of them pays off uh, by building an audience and figuring out someday in the future how I'm going to turn that into to dollars. So I just, that's always been in my men mentality. I think, um, I think that's, that's informed a lot of how we run the business. That's great. And it really does reflect on your staff. And I'll mention that I know a handful of people that, w that work with you. One, your support staff. I email into support sometimes because I have questions, <laughs> right? Like uh, I'm, I'm easy to work with for the most part. Sometimes like, hey, do you guys have this feature? Is it coming out? You know, I do that type of thing. Uh, and shout out to Megan, who is the normal person that I seem to be working with. I don't know if we, my questions come up when she seems to be working. But anyway, you've got some other members of your team. They've actually previously been on the podcast as well, Albin and Travis. And both those guys have just been really helpful. And ever since I met them, the first thing they've always asked me is how can we help? What can I do to make sure that you're succeeding in the podcasting space? Like that's the first question. And that they've really learned to lead with value, as you're saying, which to me is a testament to the culture that you've created. So I'd love to just for a moment, talk about the leadership that you've put into this business, because clearly, again, this is a reflection of the way that you've led the company. So you can talk about how you've been able to just keep this engraved in everybody who's working with you. Oh, I think it's, I think we have a culture of, um, of hiring people that are really good at what they do and helping them be who they were created to be, to find those talents that they were created with and and uh, use them. So that's kind of the, the team dynamic of, of getting, getting these people uh, together and helping them provide them with tons of freedom and flexibility to be able to, to realize that. So we don't have, uh, you know, all kinds of meetings and we don't have a Slack channel that's always open and all these kind of crazy things that, that suck the life out of people. But we, we've tried to fill their days with as much life-giving work activities uh, as we can. Um, and we tell them 40 hours, like give us 40 hours, anything outside of that, that's great. Go live, live your life, work, work to live, don't live to work. And so I think that's part of the, the, 
the atmosphere. Then you have someone like Kevin who really leads the Buzzsprout product who says, you know what? We are about helping our podcasters succeed. That at the end of the day, that's how we measure um, our value that we provide them. It's not based on hosting your audio files. It's not based on storage and bandwidth. It's based on, can we help that person who says, I think I want a podcast, but I'm a little nervous. Can we help that person overcome the obstacles and become a successful, consistent content creator? And so you take the atmosphere of those people combined with uh, a product leadership, like what I'm talking about from Kevin, and you end up with an incredible support team and an incredible uh, content creative team. Uh, even, I mean, it permeates into our developers. All of us, we all have input into, well, how is that going to help podcasters succeed? So uh, this is an example I always use is stats because I love, I love stats. I love numbers and graphs and pictures. But you challenge yourself, how is that going to help a podcaster become successful? And when you go and you look at, at Buzzsprout stats, we don't just vomit numbers on the page. We don't fill it with, you, you can get much more detailed information other places, but it's not going to help you be successful as a podcaster. And so how does that happen? It's because you have a culture where even the developers are saying, man, I would love to provide this graph or I would love to talk about this user agent. But nobody cares about that. <laughs> Even the developers know, wait a minute, that's not going to help them be successful. Instead, can we do this? Or how can we make this valuable? And so I, I think that's, that's what you've experienced. And it's great to hear. <laughs> yeah, you know, the next thing I was actually going to mention, you just covered on, which is that it's reflected in your product. So it's reflected as you as an individual from your personal conviction of what success is, you'd really translate that into your staff, into your product. And it's then seen by the customer as well, that it's led with value. And that's one of the main reasons I went with Buster. I actually used six other hosting platforms before I found six. Buzzsprout. That's yeah, a I worked, you know, I, I'm a little picky and I just couldn't find what I was looking for. I was looking for simplicity and something that I felt like was actually serving me. And when I landed on Buzzsprout, I knew that I had found that. And again, it's really reflected all the way through. So I appreciate you kind of walking us through this. And again, this has been coaching for me that I believe is also valuable <laughs> for the creating a brand listeners as well, just because you have a perspective of someone who's been there. You're now the largest hosting provider, uh, aside from maybe Anchor, which is a free platform, very different. But um, you guys have done just phenomenal work and it's all because you led with that value and your personal conviction on what success really is. So I appreciate you sharing that with us today. So Tom, obviously we kind of started this conversation with talking about wise counsel and seeking that. And obviously you didn't go this course alone. And aside from the direct mentors that maybe you have locally, what would you say are some of the books or resources that really helped you the most to achieve what you've been able to achieve? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I, I am, very much impacted by my faith. I believe, I believe in the, the person of Jesus, everything that he talks about and the way that he leads, it's a servant leadership model. And that's always been a part of, of who I am. And so I think that that has affected me a lot. Um, Andy Stanley has a leadership podcast. I've always listened to, I've read his books. He had a big impact. He has a book called Visioneering that I read when I first started the company. Um, E-Myth, is an excellent book uh, that talks about the entrepreneurial myth as you go into it to kind of go in with eyes wide open of what you're getting into. Uh, E-Myth had a big impact on me. Uh, everything that has ever been published by Basecamp. Um, I'm immensely grateful to uh, David and Jason over at Basecamp. Everything that they've ever put out has really had an impact on how we build product. Uh, and a lot of it has bled into how we run our company as well, like the work cycles. And um, we use Basecamp, love Basecamp. The, we use that meant that approach and that tool um, to, to all of the way that we operate our business. And so I think those, those are the ones that have had the, the biggest impact um, 
on on how we run how we run the company. That's great. I'm going to link to some of those in the show notes. I've heard of most of them, uh, starting with Jesus. I've heard of him and, and worked my way through. <laughs> I'm the same way. Actually, something that I have written on my whiteboard is that I seek to be a person of value, not a person of profit. And that really, for me, stems from, from the Bible, following the life of Jesus, who, was a, a, who served others. That's why he was, was here. So uh, I, that really resonates with me. And I think it's just a great way to, to run a business and to run your life. I find that there's a lot more happiness involved with it. Not that that's necessarily the reason for it, but it's a bit of a byproduct of serving other people, I've found. Mm-hmm. Well, I think happiness, there, there is a certain amount of happiness that comes from living life the way it was designed to be lived. And so there are, there are natural rules that have been put into place. And however, whatever philosophy has led you to that place of realizing what those rules are will lead you to a better life, a more fulfilling life. I couldn't agree more, man. Before we close out, I want to ask, do you have any final thoughts to share with us on this topic? Just that I would, I would encourage anybody who's, who's considering creating a brand, starting a company, getting into it, um, to just, uh, to beware, right? Define. It's a great conversation. It's a fun, it should be a fun conversation. Have it with your spouse, have it with, have it with people that you care about and say, how will I know what success looks like? How will I know when I'm enjoying success? It's not, it's not one day you're not going to wake up and it's there, but how will you know when you're enjoying it? And it should it, it should be something that gives you life. And if the, if the answer is, oh, I'll, I'll know because I'll have money, dig into that. Well, what do you mean? What, what, what would you do with the money? Because uh, see if it leads you to, to what that thing is. You know, maybe it's freedom. Maybe it's flexibility. Maybe it's um, independence, whatever. Whatever those things are for you, I would encourage anybody who's thinking about starting a business, creating a brand, to really, to really just delve into that. That's great. Well, Tom, I thank you so much for your time today. This was a pleasure to get to talk to you. Thanks, Alex. Appreciate it. I don't know about you, but I learned so much from this conversation with Tom. Even during the episode while we were recording, I found myself taking notes, and I certainly hope you were doing the same. Gaining the proper perspective of success in your life and business will lead you to a more fulfilled and purposeful life. I want to encourage you to really sit down and think about how you measure success Keep this with you everywhere you go so you don't lose your way. Tom, thank you again for the wisdom you shared with us today and for being a guest. To learn more about Tom Rossi, Buzzsprout, and for links that were mentioned during this episode, please visit creatingabrand.com slash 092. Thank you as always for listening, and I'm looking forward to bringing you another Masterclass episode next week. 